Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com. Or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Uh, hello, hello, hello. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. And I'm your host and lover of mythology, Liv. I am still taking the holiday off, so once again, I am here to give you a fun re-airing of a past episode that both I and Michaela think you really need to listen to. Maybe it's been a while, or maybe you missed it entirely. Either way, this one is worth it. Because, yeah, 
It's that time Hermes was born and did a whole bunch of absolutely incredible and wild shit as a baby. Because he's Hermes and he's truly brilliantly awesome. I've also tacked on to the end of this episode my reading of the Homeric Hymn to Hermes, where this story comes from. So if you want to listen to the original too, in addition to my retelling, then you can listen all the way through to the end of this episode. They are both fun and hilarious and man, just it's Hermes. You're going to love it. And don't forget to ask your questions for the 2023 New Year Q&A episode. Go to mythsavy.com slash questions and fill out my form to possibly get your question answered in the first new episode of 2023, coming onto your feeds the first Friday in January. Now to the good stuff. Baby Hermes causing all sorts of trouble. This is episode 90, The Trickster God Hermes, the original baby genius. Guys, how many of my deeply 90s references actually break through? Any of them? Hermes. Hermes, Hermes, Hermes. What a guy. One of the many, many goddesses, titans, nymphs that Zeus was with in all his years of being a huge asshole was a nymph named Maya. Maya is an interesting one. It seems she wasn't a huge fan of spending time with other nymphs, other people. She liked to hide out in a cave on Mount Kylene, just living her life. She did, however, seem to like Zeus. And don't we all just love an instance where a woman actually enjoyed the company of that old king of the gods? He who cares not what a woman feels? She actually enjoyed him, and they used to spend time together in the dead of night when Hera was soundly sleeping on Mount Olympus. Now, I'm not saying that part is a good thing. Zeus is still a cheating asshole, but at least Maya liked him, you know? They spent time together, and one of those times resulted in Maya becoming pregnant by Zeus. As a nymph, this meant that Maya's child by Zeus would be a god or at least it did in this instance. There isn't a science as to which of his children would be godly or heroes or anyone at all. It's all a bit random and based around what the stories needed to tell at any given moment. Maya's child, though, would be a god. This was a big deal. But if just the concept of a new Olympian god wasn't exciting and important enough, well, Hermes proved within minutes of his birth that his role as an Olympian god was going to be just a bit different from the status quo. In every way, Hermes is a lot. According to Theoi.com, the website that is so often my savior in old, impossible-to-find sources, says that he is, quote, the god of herds and flocks, travelers and hospitality, roads and trade, thievery and cunning, herald and diplomacy, language and writing, athletic contests and gymnasiums, astronomy and astrology. He was the herald and personal messenger of Zeus, king of the gods, and also the guide of the dead who led souls down into the underworld. Phew quite the portfolio, and certainly the most extensive of any of the Olympian gods. So what can one expect from a child born with such high expectations attached to them? Well, let me tell you. From the very moment Hermes was born, he was destined for greatness, or he was destined for something great in perhaps a more broad sense of the term. You see, from the moment Hermes was born, he was fulfilling his role as, yes, the trickster god. Now, some sources may have you believe that within mere minutes of being born, Hermes grew into a child. 
I, however, ascribe to the version where, still very much a baby, Hermes set out to begin his wily ways as the trickster god of the Greeks. Because regardless of whether he grew quickly or not, within minutes of being born and swaddled and placed in a crib by his mother, Hermes was up and at him. His first goal was simple. He, a baby, would steal his half-brother Apollo's sacred cattle. Totally normal, very typical for a newborn infant to wish to do such a thing. And not only wish it, oh, he set out to succeed. Hermes stole out of his mother's cave on Mount Kyleni and was about to set out in search of those cattle. But what's that? A distraction! He may have been an advanced infant, but a baby he still was. Before Hermes could get anywhere in his search for cattle to steal, he encountered a turtle. Yes, a turtle. Or maybe a tortoise. I always forget the difference. Oh, what a cute and lovely turtle, Hermes said to himself. He quite enjoyed the animal, examining it and appreciating its means of evolution. What a shell, so protective, but not protective enough. Once Hermes has examined and appreciated the turtle, told the little guy how impressive he was, how very cool, how much Hermes loved him, he realized he had an even better idea. So he killed the turtle and emptied out its shell. You know, as a baby is wont to do. He emptied out its shell and attached some reeds and things to the right spots to invent the lyre, the musical instrument that would become so important to ancient Greece, their mythology, and the gods themselves, all invented by a baby who killed a turtle. With the lyre, the most iconic and important musical instrument of ancient Greece invented, Hermes plans to continue on with the goal that started it all, stealing Apollo's cattle. To find the cattle, Hermes, the baby, travels to Pyrea. As the sun is setting, Hermes comes down from the mountains of Pyrea, finally coming upon Apollo's herd of cattle. It's nearly dark now, the perfect time for a baby to steal some cows. He sneaks into the herd and separates off fifty of them, driving them off from the group as far as he could get them in the darkness. But he knows this won't be hidden for long. Apollo is sure to notice how many of his cattle are missing and be able to determine where they were led. No, Hermes needs to hide his tracks. But how? Easy peasy for the baby Hermes. As he drove off the cattle, he walked backwards so that, I guess, it would look like he was going the other way. But that would be back to where the cattle were originally, so frankly, I don't think it works. But we're to believe this did disguise where Hermes was taking the cattle. He also somehow reversed their own footprints so that the back feet were in front and the front behind. Uh, How? Anyone? Anyway, we're to believe this worked, and Hermes, the baby, successfully disguised where he was taking Apollo's cattle. Having whisked the cattle pretty far away, and successfully at that, Hermes continues on. Next up, he makes himself some sandals, brilliantly crafted sandals. The Homeric Kim is very, very impressed with the sandals that baby Hermes invents for himself, so I'm sharing it with you. But I mean, minor point here. He made some sandals. According to Robert Graves, he made sandals for the cows to disguise the tracks, but personally, I've found no proof of cow sandals. As the baby Hermes continues on with his freshly made, beautiful, just incredible sandals, he leads the cattle further and further away from the rest of Apollo's herd. Of course, Apollo does discover the loss, but Hermes has been covering his tracks so well that Apollo himself has no idea how to go about finding his own cows. Hermes' travels bring him across an old man who's tending to his fields. 
Hermes bribes him to keep his mouth shut, not to tell anyone that he'd seen a baby herding cattle in what I can only imagine was a very suspicious manner. He was, after all, a baby. With this man safely bribed, Hermes and the cattle continued their journey. When it got dark, Hermes prepares to settle in for the night. He hides the cattle away, possibly in a cave, or possibly even a structure specifically made for cows. But either way, they're tucked safely away, except for two. Then he settles out to make fire. Some even say that this is when in fire is invented itself. Hermes the baby creates such a roaring fire on which he can sacrifice these two leftover cattle. So again, the baby finagles the cattle into the right position, slits their throats, cuts them up, and roasts them over the fire. He doesn't eat any, though, as much as he'd like to, because he's a god and they simply can't be eating human food. No, instead, he kills them for no good reason other than sacrifice, which fine, the ancient Greeks considered to be a very, very good reason. The next morning, Hermes hides the evidence that he's been there at all, save for the safely tucked away cattle, and then proceeds home to his mother in her cave on Mount Kylene. He sneaks in silently while she is sleeping, proceeds straight back to his crib, because, you know, he's a baby, wraps himself back up in his swaddling clothes, tucks his newly invented lyre safely by his legs, and pretends to be very much asleep, having never left in the first place. But Maya is no dummy, and she knows immediately that he's snuck in and tried to pretend as though he hadn't been off gallivanting all day and night, the first day and night that he's been alive. I mean, as if she wouldn't notice. Maya calls him out. You think you can pull one over on me? She asks him. Oh, no, no, no. Don't try to pretend you haven't been off causing trouble. Apollo's going to have your head. She tells Hermes that he needs to speak with his father, Zeus, before he's found by Apollo, who will surely do much, much worse to him when he learns who stole his precious, sacred cattle. Mother, Hermes responds, affronted. Are you trying to scare me, your precious, newborn baby, even now, while I'm still a newborn but apparently very good at language skills? Fine, he continues. I'll do as you say and go to talk to Zeus. Clearly Hermes knows that while he is sure to get away with a lot as a baby, he won't be getting away with this. But he can push the limits just a little bit further. He proceeds to tell his mother that he intends to ask Zeus for him to be the god of herdsmen, something Apollo currently controls, and that if not, he'll be the god of thieves, and Apollo will be sorry because he'll go to Delphi and sneak into Apollo's temple and steal everything of value. Anyway, Hermes is incredible. I mean, what a kid. The mouth on him. The audacity. A true hero. Meanwhile, Apollo is on the hunt for his missing cattle. He's followed the scent or the tracks that Hermes tried to hide. He's followed something, and it's led him to the old man tending to his fields. Old man, Apollo calls. I'm in search of missing cattle. Have you seen any? I'm paraphrasing here, because in truth, Apollo has this whole story to tell him about how it's really quite weird that his cattle went missing, given all the things he had put in place to protect them and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, old man, have you seen my missing cattle? He asks. Hmm, says the old man. Hard for me to say. I see a lot of things, you know. Finally, he goes on. Come to think of it, now that I remember, I did see a child, a baby, really, guiding some cattle past this way a short while ago. Maybe that's who you're looking for? The old man tells Apollo that the child, the baby, was driving the cattle backwards, attempting to disguise their tracks. But again, sure, it will look like they're walking in the opposite direction, but you still have both directions. It's not hard to figure that one out, Hermes. The old man tells Apollo this, who's 
thrilled to finally have a lead as to where his damn cattle are. But who is this child? This baby? What a mystery. Because remember, Hermes is so freshly born and a child of Zeus and Maya, and therefore not Zeus and his wife, so for a bit, none of the other gods know that there is another god born, another god to join them on Mount Olympus. But with the tracks of both Hermes and his sandals and the cattle themselves to go off of, it isn't long before Apollo finds the cave on Mount Kyleni and goes inside to see who has stolen his precious cattle. When Apollo enters the cave, Hermes hears him and knows immediately that he's nearly caught. But he still has options. He is, after all, a baby. And really, who's going to believe that a baby stole those cattle? Even for all the evidence, Apollo doesn't imagine it's a baby. The tracks left by Hermes' sandals suggest at least a man of normal size. Hermes cuddles up in his crib, making himself as small and infant-like as possible, hiding himself in plain sight. Apollo, at first, doesn't even see the crib as he examines the cave he's just entered. He examines the cave, goes through cupboards and closets, having a look at all of Maya's lovely clothes, all the gold she has, everything that makes the cave her home. Of course, for most of the time that he's examining the cave, Apollo's known that there's a sneaky little baby hiding out in that crib. And once he's examined the home, he calls out to Hermes. Hey, kid, he calls out. Come out right now and tell me what you've done with my cattle. If you don't, I'll be sending you straight to the underworld where neither of your parents will be able to save you. Apollo is getting angrier by the moment. Apollo, Hermes calls back, sitting up in his crib. What's this you're talking about? Cattle, you say? They're, those are cows? Hmm, cattle, no, haven't seen them. Not really sure what they look like at all, actually, Hermes replies to Apollo, forever trying to get himself out of the bind. Even if I had seen them, what would I do with some cows? Hermes goes on. No, I don't care for such things. I like naps and breast milk because, you know, I'm a baby. I was born yesterday. What would I possibly want with your cattle? Apollo isn't falling for Hermes' denial, though. He picks up the baby out of the crib and continues to insist that Hermes reveal where he's hidden the cattle. Hermes, while being held aloft by Apollo, sets in motion an omen and then sneezes. Startled, Apollo drops the baby and announces that, fine, if Hermes won't tell him where the cattle have been taken to, he'll find them on his own. He'll use the omens he has, those provided by Hermes, and he will find his cattle. The pair continues to fight, each still trying to make their points. Apollo insists Hermes took the cattle and that he will find them, and Hermes insists he did not. They yammer on in a sibling kind of way, neither conceding an inch. Finally, though, they reach Mount Olympus, where their shared father is there to settle the argument once and for all. What are you doing here with this newborn baby? Zeus asks his son Apollo when they arrive before him. Let me tell you, Apollo says, before launching into the whole story of Hermes stealing the cattle and then refusing to admit he's stolen the cattle. And where the fuck are the cattle anyway? Apollo rants and raves to his father. When Apollo is finished, Hermes provides his counterpoint. Let me tell you what really happened, he begins, and this is the truth. You know I can't tell a lie, Hermes says in a tone that convinces no one. 
You see, Apollo came to me in my cave when I was sleeping soundly as a newborn baby does. He came to me there, accusing me of stealing his cattle and threatening me with violence and death. But he had no witnesses, no one to indicate at all that I'd stolen the cattle. He just came in yelling about it. But truly, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm a baby. I didn't take his cattle into my home, didn't cross the threshold with them. No, I'm not guilty of this, he announces with a flourish. I am innocent. Of course, he's being very particular with the language he uses here. Zeus lets out a booming laugh at Hermes' denials. He knows his son, and he noticed that oh-so-particular language. Laughing, he tells Hermes that he needs to lead Apollo to his cattle and give up the game. Now that Zeus has announced it, made it clear that he knows the truth and that he's ordering Hermes to show Apollo to his cattle... Hermes agrees, and Apollo concedes that he won't hurt Hermes, so long as he does indeed get shown to his precious, precious cattle. But, of course, even when Hermes brings Apollo to his cattle, he has to admit that he's already killed two of them. How the hell did you manage to kill and flay two whole cattle as a baby? Apollo announces, horrified, as he should be. I am terrified for what you'll become when you're grown, he says, before trying to bind Hermes' hands and feet in an attempt to prevent him from growing any further. But this doesn't work. Hermes is powerful and will continue to grow in power. There's nothing Apollo can do to stop it. With a smile, Hermes knows just what he can do to appease Apollo and make this brother of his his friend. Apollo isn't a god one wants to have as an enemy, and Hermes happens to have invented something he knows for a fact Apollo will be interested in. So, as Apollo continues to look at Hermes in horror at his abilities as a baby, Hermes pulls out the lyre, lifts it, and begins to play to Apollo, singing a song of the gods. Apollo is so taken with Hermes' song that he completely forgives the rascal for all the trouble he's caused. Oh, your song is worth the fifty cows, Apollo tells him, being a little generous. But tell me, where did you learn it and where did you get this marvelous instrument? He asks in excitement. Oh, Apollo, Hermes says, I want us to be friends, so I won't withhold this instrument from you. In fact, he adds, I'll trade you. Hermes announces to Apollo that he will trade this lyre, the magnificent musical instrument, to Apollo in exchange for being the keeper of herds and cattle. Deal. Apollo replies excitedly. The lyre is far more thrilling to him than silly old livestock. He happily hands over his whip to Hermes and takes the lyre from him, enormous smile plastered across his god face. And so Hermes becomes, amongst many, many, many other things, the god of herdsmen. While Apollo, the god of music and musical instruments, devotes himself to the lyre. Apollo becomes forever known for it, a gift invented and given to him by that trickster baby who told the turtle he loved it before killing it and emptying out its insides. Man, I love Greek mythology. Shit's fucked up.
This is the Homeric Hymn to Hermes, translated by Hugh Evelyn White. Muse, sing of Hermes, the son of Zeus and Maia, lord of Kylene and Arcadia, rich in flocks, the luck-bringing messenger of the immortals whom Maia bare, the rich-tressed nymph, when she was joined in love with Zeus a shy goddess, for she avoided the company of the blessed gods, and lived within a deep shady cave. There the son of Kronos used to lie with the rich-tressed nymph, unseen by deathless gods and mortal men, at dead of night while sweet sleep should hold white-armed Hera fast. And when the purpose of great Zeus was fixed in heaven, she was delivered and a notable thing was come to pass. For then she bare a son of many shifts, blandly cunning, a robber, a cattle driver, a bringer of dreams, a watcher by night, a thief at the gates, one who was soon to show forth wonderful deeds among the deathless gods. Born with the dawning, at midday he played on the lyre, and in the evening he stole the cattle of far-shooting Apollo on the fourth day of the month, for on that day queenly Maia bare him. So soon as he had leapt from his mother's heavenly womb, he lay not long waiting in his holy cradle, but he sprang up and sought the oxen of Apollo. But as he stepped over the threshold of the high-roofed cave, he found a tortoise there and gained endless delight, for it was Hermes who first made the tortoise a singer. The creature fell in his way at the courtyard gate, where it was feeding on the rich grass before the dwelling, waddling along. When he saw it, the luck-bringing son of Zeus laughed and said, An omen of great luck for me so soon, I do not slight it. Hail, comrade of the feast, lovely in shape, sounding at the dance. With joy I meet you. Where you got that rich god for covering, that spangled shell, a tortoise living in the mountains? But I will take and carry you within. You shall help me, and I will do you no disgrace, though first of all you must profit me. It is better to be at home, harm may come out of doors. Living you shall be a spell against mischievous witchcraft, but if you die, then you shall make the sweetest song. Thus speaking, he took up the tortoise in both hands and went back into the house, carrying his charming toy. Then he cut off its limbs and scooped out the marrow of the mountain tortoise with a scoop of grey iron. As a swift thought darts through the heart of a man when thronging cares haunt him, or as bright glances flash from the eye, so glorious Hermes planned both thought and deed at once. He cut stalks of reed to measure and fix them, fastening their ends across the back and through the shell of the tortoise, and then stretched oxhide all over by its shell. Also he put in the horns and fitted a cross piece upon the two of them and stretched seven strings of sheep gut. But when he had made it he proved each string in turn with the key as he held the lovely thing. At the touch of his hand it sounded marvelously, and as he tried it, the god sang sweet random snatches, even as youth's bandied taunts at festivals. He sang of Zeus, the son of Cronus, and neat-shod Maya, the converse which they had before in the comradeship of love, telling all the glorious tale of his own begetting. He celebrated, too, the handmaids of the nymph and her bright home and the tripods all about the house and the abundant cauldrons. 
But while he was singing of all these, his heart was bent on other matters, and he took the hollow lyre and laid it in his sacred cradle, and sprang from the sweet-smelling hall to a watch-place, pondering sheer trickery in his heart, deeds such as knavish folk pursue in the dark night-time, for he longed to taste flesh. The sun was going down beneath the earth towards ocean with his horses and chariot when Hermes came hurrying to the shadowy mountains of Pyrea, where the divine cattle of the blessed gods had their steads and grazed the pleasant, unmown meadows. Of these the son of Maia, the sharp-eyed slayer of Argus, then cut off from the herd fifty loud lowing kine, and drove them straggling wise across a sandy place, turning their hoof-prints aside. Also he bethought him of a crafty ruse, and reversed the marks of their hoofs, making the front behind and the hind before, while he himself walked the other way. Then he wove sandals with wicker work by the sand of the sea, and wonderful things, unthought of, unimagined, for he mixed together tamarisk and myrtle twigs, fastening together an armful of their fresh young wood, and tied them, leaves and all, securely under his feet as light sandals— the brushwood glorious layer of Argus plucked in Pyrea as he was preparing for his journey, making shift as one making haste for a long journey. But an old man tilling his flowering vineyard saw him as he was hurrying down the plain through grassy Onchestus, so the son of Maia began and said to him, Old man, digging about your vines with bowed shoulders, surely you shall have much wine when all these bear fruit, if you obey me, and strictly remember not to have seen what you have seen, and not to have heard what you have heard, and to keep silent when nothing of your own is harmed. When he had said this much, he hurried the strong cattle on together, through many shadowy mountains and echoing gorges and flowering plains, glorious Hermes drove them, and now the divine knight, his dark ally, was mostly past, and dawn that sets folk to work was quickly coming on, while bright Selene, daughter of the Lord Pallas, Megamedes' son, had just climbed her watch-post, when the strong son of Zeus drove the wide-browed cattle of Phoebus Apollo to the river Alpheus and they came unwearied to the high-roofed byres and the drinking troughs that were before the noble meadow. Then, after he had well fed the loud bellowing cattle with fodder and driven them into the byre, close-packed and chewing lotus, and began to seek the art of fire. He chose a stout laurel branch and trimmed it with the knife held firmly in his hand, and the smoke rose up, for it was Hermes who first invented fire-sticks and fire. Next he took many dried sticks and piled them thick and plenty in a sunken trench, and flame began to glow, spreading afar the blast of fierce burning fire. And when the strength of glorious Hephaestus was beginning to kindle the fire, he dragged out two lowing horned cows close to the fire, for great strength was with him. He slew them both panting upon their backs on the ground, and rolled them on their sides, bending their necks over, and pierced their vital cord. Then he went on from task to task. First he cut up the rich, fatted meat, and pierced it with wooden spits, and roasted flesh, the honorable chine, and the paunch full of dark blood all together. He laid them there upon the ground, and spread out the hides on a rugged rock, and so they are still there many ages afterwards, a long, long time after this, and are continually... Next, glad-hearted Hermes dragged the rich meats he had prepared and put them on a smooth, flat stone and divided them into twelve portions distributed by lot, making each portion wholly honorable. 
Then glorious Hermes longed for the sacrificial meat, for the sweet savour wearied him, god though he was. Nevertheless, his proud heart was not prevailed upon to devour the flesh, although he greatly desired. But he put away the fat and all the flesh in the high-roofed byre, placing them high up to be a token of his youthful theft. And after that he gathered dry sticks and utterly destroyed with fire all the hoofs and all the heads. And when the god had duly finished all, he threw his sandals into the deep eddying Alpheus and quenched the embers, covering the black ashes with sand, and so spent the night while Selene's soft light shone down. Then the god went straight back again at dawn to the bright crests of Kylene, and no one met him on the long journey either of the blessed gods or mortal men, nor did any dog bark. And luck bringing Hermes, the son of Zeus, passed edgewise through the keyhole of the hall like the autumn breeze, even as mist. Straight through the cave he went and came to the rich inner chamber, walking softly and making no noise as one might upon the floor. Then glorious Hermes went hurriedly to his cradle, wrapping his swaddling clothes around his shoulders as though he were a feeble babe, and lay playing with the covering about his knees. But at his left hand he kept close his sweet lyre. But the god did not pass unseen by the goddess his mother, but she said to him, How now, you rogue? Whence come you back so at night-time that you wear shamelessness as a garment? And now I surely believe the son of Leto will soon have you forth out of doors with unbreakable cords about your ribs, or you will live a rogue's life in the glens robbing by wiles. Go to, then. Your father got you to be a great worry to mortal men and deathless gods. Then Hermes answered her with crafty words, "'Mother, why do you seek to frighten me like a feeble child whose heart knows few words of blame, a fearful babe that fears its mother's scolding? Nay, but I will try whatever plan is best, and so feed myself and you continually. We will not be content to remain here as you bid, alone of all the gods, unfed with offerings and prayers. Better to live in fellowship with the deathless gods continually, rich, wealthy, and enjoying stores of grain, than to sit always in a gloomy cave, and, as regards to honor, I too will end up upon the right that Apollo has. If my father will not give it to me, I will seek, and I am able, to be a prince of robbers. And if Leto's most glorious son shall seek me out, I think another and a greater loss will befall him. For I will go to Pitho to break into his great house and will plunder therefore splendid tripods and cauldrons and gold and plenty of bright iron and much apparel, and you shall see it if you will. With such words they spoke together, the son of Zeus who holds the Aegis and the Lady Maia. Now Eos, the early born, was rising from deep-flowing ocean, bringing light to men, when Apollo, as he went, came to Onchestus, the lovely grove and sacred place of the loud-roaring holder of the earth. There he found an old man grazing his beast along the pathway from his courtyard fence, and the all-glorious son of Leto began and said to him, Old man, weeder of grassy Onchestus, I am come here from Pyrea seeking cattle, cows all of men, all with curving horns from my herd. The black bull was grazing alone away from the rest, but fierce-eyed hounds followed the cows, four of them, all of one mind, like men. These were left behind, the dogs and the bull, which is a great marvel. But the cows strayed out of the soft meadow away from the pasture when the sun was just going down. Now tell me this, old man born long ago, have you seen one passing along behind these cows? 
Then the old man answered him and said, My son, it is hard to tell all that one's eyes see. For many wayfarers pass to and fro this way, some bent on much evil and some on good. It is difficult to know each one. However, I was digging about my plot of vineyard all day long until the sun went down, and I thought, Good sir, but I do not know for certain, that I marked a child, whoever the child was, that followed long-horned cattle, an infant who had a staff and kept walking from side to side. He was driving them backwards way with their heads toward him. So said the old man, and when Apollo heard this report, he went yet more quickly on his way, and presently, seeing a long-winged bird, he knew at once by that omen that thief was the child of Zeus, the son of Cronos. So the lord Apollo, son of Zeus, hurried on to goodly Pelos, seeking his shambling oxen, and he had his broad shoulders covered with a dark cloud. But when the far shooter perceived the tracks, he cried, "'Oh, oh, truly this is a great marvel that my eyes behold!' These are indeed the tracks of my straight-horned oxen, but they are turned backwards towards the flowery meadow. But these others are not the footprints of man, nor woman, or grey wolves, or bears, or lions, nor do I think they are the tracks of a rough-maned centaur. Whoever it be with swift feet makes such monstrous footprints, wonderful are the tracks on this side of the way, but yet more wonderfully are those on that." When he had so said, the lord Apollo the son of Zeus hastened on and came to the forest-clad mountain of Kylene with the deep-shadowed cave in the rock where the divine nymph brought forth the child of Zeus, who is the son of Cronus. A sweet odor spread over the lovely hill, and many thin-shanked sheep were grazing on the grass. Then, far-shooting Apollo himself, stepped down in haste over the stone threshold into the dusky cave. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Now, when the son of Zeus and Maya saw Apollo in a rage about his cattle, he snuggled down in his fragrant swaddling clothes, and as wood ash covers over the deep embers of tree stumps, so Hermes cuddled himself up when he saw the far shooter. He squeezed head and hands and feet together in a small space, like a newborn child seeking sweet sleep, though in truth he was wide awake, and he kept his lyre under his armpit. But the son of Leto was aware and failed not to perceive the beautiful mountain nymph and her dear son, albeit a little child and swathed so craftily. He peered in every corner of the great dwelling, and, taking a bright key, he opened three closets full of nectar and lovely ambrosia, and much gold and silver was stored in them, and many garments of the nymph, some purple and some silvery white, such as are kept in the sacred houses of the blessed gods. Then, after the son of Leto had searched out the recesses of the great house, he spake to glorious Hermes. Child, lying in the cradle, make haste and tell me of my cattle, or we too will soon fall out angrily, for I will take and cast you into dusty Tartarus and awful hopeless darkness, and neither your mother nor your father shall free you or bring you up again to the light, but you will wander under the earth and be the leader amongst little folk. Then Hermes answered him with crafty words, "'Son of Leto, what harsh words are these you have spoken? And is it cattle of the field you are coming here to seek? I have not seen them. I have not heard of them. No one has told me of them. I cannot give news of them, nor win the reward for news. Am I like a cattle lifter, a stalwart person?' This is no task for me. Rather, I care for other things. I care for sleep and milk from my mother's breast and wrappings round my shoulders and warm baths. Let no one hear the cause of this dispute, for this would be a great marvel indeed among the deathless gods, that a child newly born should pass in through the forepart of the house with cattle of the field? Herein you speak extravagantly. I was born yesterday, and my feet are soft and the ground beneath is rough. 
Nevertheless, if you will have it so, I will swear a great oath by my father's head, and vow that neither am I guilty myself, neither have I seen any other who stole your cows, whatever cows may be, for I know them only by hearsay. So then, said Hermes, shooting quick glances from his eyes, and he kept raising his brows and looking this way and that, whistling long and listening to Apollo's story as to an idle tale. But when far-working Apollo laughed softly and said to him, O rogue, deceiver, crafty in heart, you talk so innocently that I must surely believe that you have broken into many a well-built house and stripped more than one poor wretch bear this night, gathering his goods together all over the house without noise. You will plague many a lonely herdsman in mountain glades when you come on herds and thick-fleeced sheep and have a hankering after flesh. But come now, if you would not sleep your last and late asleep, get out of your cradle, you comrade of dark night. Surely hereafter this shall be your title amongst the deathless gods, to be called the prince of robbers continually. So said Phoebus Apollo, and took the child and began to carry him. But at that moment, the strong slayer of Argus had his plan, and, while Apollo held him in his hands, sent forth an omen, a hard-worked belly-surf, a rude messenger, and sneezed directly after. And when Apollo heard it, he dropped glorious Hermes out of his hands on the ground, then, sitting down before him, though he was eager to go on his way, he spoke mockingly to Hermes. Fear not, little swaddling baby, son of Zeus and Maia, I shall find the strong cattle presently by these omens, and you shall lead the way. When Apollo had so said, Kylene and Hermes sprang up quickly, startling in haste. With both hands he pushed up to his ears the covering that had wrapped around his shoulders, and said, Where are you carrying me, far worker, hastiest of all the gods? Is it because of your cattle that you are so angry and harass me? Oh dear, would that all the sort of oxen might perish, for it is not I who stole your cows, nor did I see another steal them, whatever cows may be, and of that I have only heard report. Nay, give right and take it before Zeus, the son of Cronus. So Hermes, the shepherd, and Leto's glorious son, kept stubbornly disputing each article of their quarrel. Apollo, speaking truly, not fairly sought to seize the glorious Hermes because of the cows, but he, the Kylenian, tried to deceive the god of the silver bow with tricks and cunning words. But when, though he had many wiles, he found the other had as many shifts, he began to walk across the sand, himself in front, while the son of Zeus and Leto came behind. Soon they came, these lovely children of Zeus, to the top of fragrant Olympus, to their father, the son of Cronus, for there were the scales of judgment set before them. There was an assembly on snowy Olympus, and the immortals who perish not were gathering after the hour of gold-throned dawn. Then Hermes and Apollo of the silver bow stood at the knees of Zeus, and Zeus, who thunders on high, spoke to his glorious son and asked him, Phoebus, whence come you driving this great spoil, a child newborn that has the look of a herald? This is a weighty matter that has come before the council of the gods. Then the lord, far-working Apollo, answered him, O my father, you shall soon hear no trifling tale, though you reproach me that I alone am fond of spoil. Here is a child, a burgling robber, whom I found after a long journey in the hills of Kylene. For my part I have never seen one so pert either among the gods or all men that catch folk unawares throughout the world. He stole after my cows from their meadow and drove them off in the evening along the shore of the loud roaring sea, making straight for Pelos. 
There were double tracks, and wonderful they were, such as one might marvel at, the doing of a clever sprite. For as for the cows, the dark dust kept and showed their footprints leading towards the flowery meadow. But he himself, bewildering creature, crossed the sandy ground outside the path, not on his feet, nor yet on his hands, but furnished with some other means he trudged his way, wonder of wonders, as though one walked on slender oak trees. Now while he followed the cattle across sandy ground, all the tracks showed quite clearly in the dust, but when he had finished the long way across the sand, presently the crow's tracks and his own could not be traced over the hard ground. But a mortal man noticed him as he drove the wide-browed kind straight towards Pelos, and as soon as he had shut them up quietly and had gone home by crafty turns and twists, he lay down in his cradle in the gloom of a dim cave, as still as the dark night, so that not even an eagle keenly gazing would have spied him. Much he rubbed his eyes with his hands as he prepared falsehood, and himself straightway said roundly, I have not seen them, I have not heard of them, no man has told me of them, I could not tell you of them, nor win the reward of telling. When he had so spoken, Phoebus Apollo sat down, but Hermes on his part answered and said, pointing at the son of Cronos, the lord of all the gods, Zeus, my father, indeed I will speak truth to you, for I am truthful and I cannot tell a lie. He came to our house today looking for his shambling cows, as the sun was newly rising. He brought no witnesses with him, nor any of the blessed gods who had seen the theft, but with great violence ordered me to confess, threatening much to throw me into wide Tartarus. For he has the rich bloom of glorious youth, while I was born but yesterday, as he too knows." Nor am I a cattle lifter, a sturdy fellow, believe my tale, for you claim to be my own father, that I did not drive his cows to my house, so may I prosper, nor cross the threshold, this I say truly. I revere Helios greatly and the other gods, and you I love and him I dread. You yourself know that I am not guilty, and I will swear a great oath upon it. No, by these rich-decked porticos of the gods." And some day I will punish him, strong as he is, for this pitiless inquisition. But now do you help the younger? So spake the Kylenian, the slayer of Argus, while he kept shooting sidelong glances and kept his swaddling clothes upon his arm, and did not cast them away. But Zeus laughed out loud to see his evil plotting child well and cunningly denying guilt about the cattle, and he bade them both to be one of mind and search for the cattle, and guiding Hermes to lead the way, and without mischievousness of heart, to show the place where now he had hidden the strong cattle. Then the son of Cronus bowed his head, and goodly Hermes obeyed him, for the will of Zeus who holds the Aegis easily prevailed with him. Then the two all-glorious children of Zeus hastened both to Sandy Pelos and reached the ford of Alpheus and came to the fields and the high-roofed beer where the beasts were cherished at night-time. Now while Hermes went to the cave in the rock and began to drive out the strong cattle, the son of Leto, looking aside, saw the cowhides on the sheer rock, and he asked glorious Hermes at once, how were you able, you crafty rogue, to flay two cows, newborn and babyish as you are? For my part, I dread the strength that will be yours. There is no need you should keep growing long, Kylenian son of Maya. 
So saying, Apollo twisted strong wives with his hands, meaning to bind Hermes with firm bands. But the bands would not hold him, and the wives of Osir fell far from him and began to grow at once from the ground beneath their feet in that very place. And intertwining with one another, they quickly grew and covered all the wild roving cattle by the will of thievish Hermes, so that Apollo was astonished as he gazed. Then the strong slayer of Argus looked furtively upon the ground with eyes flashing fire, desiring to hide. Very easily he softened the son of all glorious Leto as he would, stern though the far-shooter was. He took the lyre upon his left arm and tried each string in turn with the key, so that it sounded awesomely at his touch. And Phoebus Apollo laughed for joy, for the sweet throb of the marvellous music went to his heart, and a soft longing took hold on his soul as he listened. Then the son of Maia, harping sweetly upon his lyre, took courage and stood at the left hand of Phoebus Apollo. And soon, while he played shrilly on his lyre, he lifted up his voice and sang, and lovely was the sound of his voice that followed. He sang the story of the deathless gods and of the dark earth, how at first they came to be and how each one received his portion. First among the gods he honored Mnemosyne, mother of the muses, in his song, for the son of Maia was of her following. And next the goodly son of Zeus hymned the rest of the immortals according to their order and age, and told them how each was born, mentioning all in order as he struck the lyre upon his arm. But Apollo was seized with a longing not to be allayed, and he opened his mouth and spoke winged words to Hermes. Slayer of oxen, trickster, busy one, comrade of the feast, this song of yours is worthy of fifty cows, and I believe that presently we shall settle our quarrel peacefully. But come now, tell me this, resourceful son of Maya, has this marvellous thing been with you from your birth? Or did some god or mortal man give it to you, a noble gift, and teach you heavenly song? For wonderful is this new uttered sound, I hear, the like of which I vow that no man nor god dwelling on Olympus ever yet has known but you, O thievish son of Maya. What skill is this? What song for desperate cares? What way of song? For verily here are three things to hand all at once from which to choose, mirth and love and sweet sleep. And though I am a follower of the Olympian muses who love the dances and the bright path of song, the full-toned chant and ravishing thrill of flutes, yet I never cared for any of those feats of skill at young man's revels, as I do now for this. I am filled with wonder, O son of Zeus, at your sweet playing. But now, since you, though little, have such glorious skill, sit down, dear boy, and respect the words of your elders. For now you shall have renown among the deathless gods, you and your mother also. This I will declare to you exactly. By this shaft of Cornell wood, I will surely make you a leader renowned among the deathless gods and fortunate, and will give you glorious gifts, and will not deceive you from first to last. Then Hermes answered him with artful words, You questioned me carefully, O far worker, yet I am not jealous that you should enter upon my art. This day you shall know it, for I seek to be friendly with you both in thought and word. Now you well know all the things in your heart, since you sit foremost among the deathless gods, O son of Zeus, and are goodly and strong. And why Zeus loves you all as right is, and has given you splendid gifts. 
And they say that from the utterance of Zeus you have learned both the honors due to the gods, O far worker, and oracles from Zeus, even all his ordinances. Of all these I myself have already learned that you have great wealth. Now you are free to learn whatever you please, but since, as it seems, your heart is so strongly set on playing the lyre, chant and play upon it and give yourself to merriment, taking this as a gift from me. And do you, my friend, bestow glory on me? Sing well with this clear-voiced companion in your hands, for you are skilled in good, well-ordered utterance. From now on bring it confidently to the rich feast and lovely dance and glorious revel, a joy by night and by day. Whoso with wit and wisdom inquires of it cunningly, him it teaches through its sound all manner of things that delight the mind, being easily played with gentle familiarities, for it abhors toilsome drudgery. But whoso in ignorance inquires of it violently, to him it shatters mere vanity and foolishness. But you are able to learn whatever you please. So then I will give you this lyre, glorious son of Zeus, while I for my part will graze down with wild roving cattle the pastures on hill and horse-feeding plain. So shall the cows covered by the bulls calve, abundantly both males and females. And now there is no need for you, bargainer though you are, to be furiously angry. When Hermes had said this, he held out the lyre, and Phoebus Apollo took it, and readily put his shining whip in Hermes's hand, and ordained him keeper of herds. The son of Maia received it joyfully, while the glorious son of Leto, the lord far-working Apollo, took the lyre upon his left arm, and tried each string with the key. Awesomely it sounded at the touch of the god, while he sang sweetly to its note. And that was most of the Homeric hymn to Hermes. There's a little bit left, but I think I'll save it for when I tell a further story of Hermes, because why not? I love having things to read, and this was long enough. I really hope you all listen to this, because this was one of the funniest, most entertaining things I've ever read. I literally had to stop recording a couple times because I was simply laughing out loud. Hermes is hilarious. Also, the ancient Greeks were so fucking funny. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I am Liv and I love this shit. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.